Welcome back everybody to another episode of Bikes and Bourbon. I'm Russ from Pathless Pedal. I'm Toffer from Pedal Missoula. And today we have a special guest. This is... Ron from Our Mother the Mountain, LMTM. .cc. All right, we're so stoked to have you. You know, gravel's uh, you know hot topic, and uh, Ron's part of a group that's really kind of promoting gravel in the Portland, just actually the whole Oregon area, I'd say. Yeah, we're we're based out of out of Portland, and we sort of have that area mapped out pretty heavily. But we we want to kind of extend up to Seattle into the North Cascades, that kind of area, and I'm obviously in Missoula right now, checking out some routes too, so it's just, yeah. the curiosity extends well beyond Portland. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. Heck yeah. And uh, before we get going, uh, a couple of housekeeping things. I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, Film by Bike, and Topper, you have been working with them. You're bringing Film by Bike to Missoula. Yep. Uh, when's that happening, and how's it been? Uh, so that's going to be on the 25th of September. Uh, 7.30 at the Roxy here, so our local independent cinema will be hosting that night, and it's been great. They're packaging for like getting you everything, so like they're in Portland, we're in Missoula, mm -hmm. we're trying to get, you know, working with the theater, it's all been very smooth. So they make it easy to, to host a, a bike film festival. Yeah, yeah, it's super easy, the films are, are really nice, really well done films. I cannot thank them enough for kind of making it like a smooth transition, and I think especially as you think about some of the logistics of like finding, making sure that like filmmakers are like cool with your showing your, <laughs> like you're, you're gonna like show their movie and you right. wanna make sure that like that stuff's been worked out. Filmmakers and... are weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've worked with tons of them. Yeah. Like, you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, it's been been really awesome. Cool, so thanks again, Film by Bike. Uh, and if you wanna bring some bikiness to your community, check out their website at filmbybike.org. And today, uh, before we jump into gravel with our mother, our before we jump into gravel with our mother the mountain, we're gonna taste a rye, and this is actually a gift rye from Larry Rose from so, Parks of the Utah. We got a king, king of, of the, the bourbon. Animation. We have this cheesy uh, He-Man animation, yeah. which is pretty cool. Okay, so thank you, <laughs> so thank you, Larry. Uh, that is just so that Russ can have fun yeah. making animations. I know. I, I mean, for... I bought the Creative Cloud suite. I might as well use all the programs. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get all your mileage. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So this is the Rendezvous Rye from High West. We've been, uh, we've enjoyed High West on the show before. Yeah, we had their um, uh, American Prairie Bourbon and yeah. their Double Rye. And this is kind of like they're just their signature classic rye. Somebody's been enjoying this one. It's it's been well loved. <laughs> Getting... it's, it's got that gaminess that I expect from a rye, mm -hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't knock you over the head. It's it's mm -hmm. not like sucking on a peppercorn or like Yeah. I like it. I mean overall I feel like it, it doesn't punch you in the face. It's pretty it goes down pretty easy. Yeah. I mean I get uh, a little bit it's not the spiciest rye I've had. Mm -mm. Uh, but there's some like maybe some spice notes, pepper notes. Mint. Yeah. Um, it's certainly uh, a little bit more mellow than like a bullet. Or, that's true. Yeah. Which <laughs> mm. that, that has that has mm -hmm. a lot of that sort of like. <sighs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a lot like, of. Like it's a rye. This is more like it's a rye. Cool. Well, thank you, Larry. Uh, we'll be talking about this more as we uh, progress in the episode. But uh, Ron, our mother of OMTM, how would you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just OMTM. OMTM. At this point. Um. Well, Our Mother the Mountain, uh, it's named after a Townsman Zant record from 1969, Our mm -hmm. Mother the Mountain. He's kind of like the uh, 
you know, self-destructive alcoholic troubadour <laughs> from Texas um, <laughs> by way of high Colorado. His stuff was just beautiful. It was like a cross between like Leonard Cohen and Chris Christopherson, but without a lot of like the, the cliches. He was he was kind of more of like a poet, a troubadour. I'm from the music world, so yeah. I, I, tend, I tend to go down that, that rabbit hole. I never would have paid you for uh, a music guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, at any rate, we, we named it for that. Um, and it, it started out with uh, my buddy Brandon Day and I. Uh, we both worked in music licensing. We both got cross bikes at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just started riding gravel around Portland just a, as a way to kind of prepare for cyclocross season. And got all psyched up to race, and we joined a team, and got all stoked, and got all gung-ho. And then we realized that racing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. <laughs> we, yeah. You know, we, we were having such a great time going exploring these roads, and we were getting these sort of amazing rides together. And our teammates kept being like, no, man, can't make it out to the ride today. I got to stay in zone three for about 45 minutes. And yeah, yeah. I'm just going to do hill repeats and just going right. to go for a run. And we're just like, why would you do that? And then yeah. the time it takes to drive to races, the time it takes to optimize your riding over the course of an entire season just geared towards redlining for 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. insane. And when you live in these beautiful areas and there's so much to explore, um, we just found it was better to do these sort of like longer form rides and mm-hmm. linking up all these sort of roads that people were curious about. And was like, have you ridden Auto Miller? Have you ridden Smoke Ranch, Pumpkin Ridge? And right. so in the Portland area, those were like our jump yeah. off points. And, uh, you know, once you get that itch and you're just like, well, where does that connect? This thing leads off into the woods. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> um, so, so, so when you were mapping out like the initial rides, how many of them ended up being like dead ends and you had to backtrack or... You know, were you mostly successful when, when you were planning routes the, the first time? Um, or is it like an iterative pro- process? It's, it's always different depending on where you are, but I mean, all of it takes trial and error. All of it, especially mm-hmm. once you get into areas that are heavy logging areas, you're yeah. going to find these places that, you know, all the different map overlays are going to show things going through, but from one season to the next, there could be a washout. They could have shut down or decommissioned certain roads. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. there's always that. And there's this one amazing experience that I had, which like it kind of changed my whole deal as I was I was on this sort of like half-assed cross bike that I had made that was a road bike. It was like a, a mid-80s like Canadian steel uh, gym meal mm-hmm. and it had just enough room for 30s and so I was like oh this is the best thing ever. Right. And so I'd taken like a wrong turn off of Smoke Ranch and gotten way back into what I know now is called Wilderness Road. Mm-hmm. Totally dead ends, goes back into shooting pits and like, yeah. party areas and yep. it's rough and it's ugly and um, my steering kept started getting really strange and <laughs> I looked down and I had a crack in my top tube and in my down tube oh, geez. <laughs> and my frame basically broke and I was out there without any service without any GPS any of that with a broken frame right and came up across like a hunter who was kind of like checking these little sort of devices he had set around these different areas I'm not right. sure if they were cameras right and he was awesome and he gave me a ride back into town and nice. <laughs> yeah so that, that kind of changed my deal as far as wayfinding and being prepared knowing where you're going being mm-hmm. you know just having a having a game plan and and kind of made me a lot smarter about that because a lot of people are like let's go get lost this weekend bro. <laughs> yeah. and it's like dude if you've ever been lost for real like yeah. you know you don't ever want to do that again. right right yeah so, i mean and even just for us here in missoula like you go 
10 miles one way and you can be like no cell service in your 10 miles yeah <laughs> and it's like oh like if it's a long walk sideways it's yeah. a long walk and yeah uh but we have that similar thing where you know there's lots of roads where you're you're thinking like oh this is gonna be awesome and then you're like, oh no, it dead ends. Like right. whoever built this got what they needed and then came back out the same way. They didn't they got all their trees and then they hit reverse for another ten miles. Right. Like they didn't realize that there would be people on bikes that would want to connect over to like the next like drainage. drainage. The next, yeah. the next valley. Yeah, next. like keep going. Like where's yeah. the connector? And a lot of a lot of what uh, Ryan Francesconi, who is my partner in OMTM now, and I do is we will scout a lot of trails who have sort of like fallen by the wayside and that are under underused and uh, have kind of overgrown. And we'll go out there and ride and scout with with silky saws and with. Um, you know, machetes sometimes to yeah. clear trails. <laughs> yeah. and so we've, we've got some favorites, like uh, up in the Gifford Pinchot, the, the Sedum Trail, which is mm -hmm. one that is rarely used, and it's mm -hmm. sort of overgrown. Uh, NF41 that can, kind of comes out of the Wind River Experimental Forest and goes up to the sort of iconic Cougar Rock up there. Yeah. Right. And there's so much debris on there, so I think we're going to do a couple sort of clandestine work days <laughs> back in there and kind of yeah. open some of those places up because I, yeah. we were sort of inspired by the work that uh, Gabe uh, Tiller does yeah. with the Oregon Timber Trail, and he looks for sort of existing trails that have maybe been sort of underserved or underutilized and yeah, like yeah. goes and sort of like rehabilitates those things. Right. So what's, I guess, what's your motivation? Like there's one thing to go out, get lost yourself and explore a route, but then to like share it with others. Like why, why open it up? Uh, the sense of community, I think is, mm -hmm. is really been exciting over the past three years to see, you know, how many people are getting into it and the different cross section of people we've met and, and just to share these routes, because when uh, mm -hmm. I moved to Portland and we started doing it, there was no resource for that. Right, and right. we were looking for stuff to ride and we wanted to go out and check out these areas and there was nothing. And so, I don't know, just, just to give people a, a vetted way to do this so <laughs> right. that they didn't have to get lost so that we could do the work so that they didn't have to. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, we're kind of in a similar situation here. Like we're both fairly recent transplants to Missoula and we were looking for gravel rides and they were like, there's nothing on ride with GPS, barely anything on Strava. So we've had to kind of take these paper napkin drawings that we get from bike shops and try sure. to turn them into routes and experiences. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that, so that I fell in love with our mother mountain was like the Instagram and some of the, the imagery that you use. Mm. And then I went to the website and I think I was really like, that was where I, like my brain kind of just like melted because <laughs> the website is like there's this route section mm -hmm. which is not just like um a link to like ride with gps but there's like there's uh, narrative it's poetic. there's the narrative yeah well first of all your routes are named interesting name like there's not it's not just like um whatever the name it's not like the name of the road with like loop added <laughs> at the right, end it's right. like there's some name to it and then there's all this imagery and then there's even like kind of some nice um info like what tires you would recommend oh totally so like well, it's like this kind of like this this really like nice package the routes are always there and right well, well the, i think i think the thing was that we wanted to give people kind of the total package and prepare them because i mean that's that's one thing. Can I refill you here? Oh yeah, please do. Oh yeah, always. You know, one of one of the, the most often discussed things when you're when you're talking about gravel and riding, uh, you know, on sort of unpaved surfaces is like, well, what tires would you run? <laughs> yeah, PSI? sure. Right. And it's a it's a huge thing. I mean, right. it's so you know, including 
your your tire recommendations and I mean I'm I'm a music supervisor and photographer sort of like by by profession and so mm -hmm. I was it's just in my nature to sort of like want to encapsulate the experience and in a lot of them when we first started we were like we will pair it with a song <laughs> this route sounds like fire on the mountain by grateful dead and the color yeah. of this route is orange see i i totally i totally love that because i feel like you you guys were one of the first sites to really kind of go after like some other sensory experience rather than just like the just the raw metrics of like okay this is your elevation gain right you right. know and it was it was nice to have like some other filter to to kind of experience the, the route through well that's i mean when you ride it you you smell what it smells like you yeah. feel what it feels like and if there's a lot of climbing which we like a lot of climbing mm -hmm. you're going to sort of sweat it out up all these hills and so you feel within sort of yourself like what it feels like to do all of that elevation <laughs> in one go and yeah. and so i don't know it's uh, do you guys have recommended playlists for the routes we, we do you do oh, we actually do yeah. i've been slacking on it um but when we first started i would i would select a track for each route oh, nice. <laughs> and kind of write, write it up in, in, in kind of a little bit of a, I don't know, I, I wanted, the, the idea was to have kind of like a little bit more of a, a, a literary sort of rundown of what the route was like so it wasn't, like you said, just the raw numbers and just right. the specifics on it. It was, what does it feel like? What does it evoke? What is it, Right. what's the, what's the takeaway? And those know? things, one of the other things that I really just love about what you do is the it's the fact that it's like all kind of plainly laid out on the website. Mm. So like the, there's like a mixtapes <laughs> button that you can press, you know, I mean, there's like a, a tab that comes down and you're like, oh, I can actually look back. And I think sometimes when people do things, like whether it's scarcity, like, you know, demand to scarcity, where it's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, like we did that and it was posted to our Instagram or it was posted to our story and now it's kind of gone and then you have to like ask us for this information. I mean, I like that it's like very open about sharing these experiences and not kind of having them be this like closed off thing. That's the whole thing. And I, I think a lot of that philosophy was inspired by Donnie mm -hmm. Kolb from Velodirt mm -hmm. because I mean, he's sort of the godfather of Northwestern gravel. Like he created yeah. the idea of creating this resource and mm -hmm. giving it to people and making it your own. Like the Oregon Outback, he made the Oregon Outback and then was like, you know what guys, we're not gonna do this as an event anymore, but right. make this experience your own. Go out and do it whenever you want, whenever makes sense for you. Here's how you do it, here's where you go, but these are your routes. And yeah. so I, I really kind of like that idea about you know, you just give people the information and they can go do it themselves. Um, you know, for the first two years of our, our existence when we were running the events, we were doing them just about every month. And mm -hmm. uh, that just gets to be a lot. And so now we've gone down to quarterly <laughs> with the idea of be like, go out and ride these. And, right. You know, you can sign up for the mailing or the, um, the email list in the community and talk about different routes and we can talk yeah. about it. But as far as like organizing regular events, it's like it gets to be a lot every month. So yeah. so who's, I'm curious, like, uh, so when you have the events, who's showing up? Is it like former roadies or cross racers or who's it pulling from? It is everybody. And that's what's been so, so interesting to us because when I moved to Portland in 2012, it was it felt the cycling community felt very clickish. There was like the Rafa set, the roadies, mm -hmm. like the super fast kind of like racers, the elite types, mm -hmm. you know, the cyclocross people who were super into like drinking beer and getting dirty. And then there was like, <laughs> you know, there were, there were these different crews and they were very, very, very separate. And so um, we're noticing there's like people in their 60s coming out. There are, you know, the hipster kids on like the Grilla Monsoons and there are. <laughs> 
you know, racers, there's ex-teammates of ours, there's a lot of yeah. bike pack and chill riders who show up in like flat, flat pedals and blundstones. Right. And like, <laughs> so it's it's everybody all across the board and everybody's just riding together and yeah. having fun. So. so I think a lot of the rides begin maybe someplace like at a, they don't start from like a bike shop or a coffee shop, or is that not true? Do they? Some of them they can't because they're just like not in a. Yeah, group. a lot of them go too deep to be able to do that. Sure. I mean, a lot of them will, will try to find some kind of, you know, central location yeah. like a like a park or a, you know, center of a small town. Like we've done a couple out of Carson, Washington, yeah. and. Uh, but, you know, there's some problematic stuff with that, too. It's like when you're doing these DIY things and you have 200 people show up. Right. <laughs> then you start to get into, like, permitting issues. Because right. we were, you know, contacted by folks from the Forest Service who told us, Telemark <laughs> State Forest requires a permit. And we somehow, you know, made their radar. And they were telling us that we couldn't run it on certain, the uh, timber log jam this yeah. past year on certain right. trails. And so, yeah, you start to get into this. And, yeah. It's the most supportive uh like bike shop in, in Portland. We're actually gonna go there in a couple of weeks, so we're gonna do a visit. But <laughs> well, is, yeah. there, is there one that's really like grabbing onto the, the most, gra the grab the flag? Who are you gonna I throw guess. under the bus right now? <laughs> um, I, I gotta, I gotta go with my buddy uh, Kevin uh -huh. Purcell at, with Golden Pliers. Mm -hmm. he, I, I was always the twenty. I was the twenty-first guy. Yeah, that was yeah. always that was my first sort of zone. I was on the the Swift team when they first started. Yeah. And buddies with, you know, Tim and Nick and mm -hmm. Carl and those guys. And yeah. so a little sort of bummed that the 21st was shutting down. But when yeah. I saw what they were going to do with Golden Pliers, uh, yeah. Yeah. it's it's kind of taken on a, a thing of its own. And the fact that he shares the space with Makeshifter, too, and yeah. Becky and her bags are so yeah. awesome. So. Yeah, I think they're they're on our list for a Portland video stop. Yeah. We might try to do a bike suburban there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's, that's, that's a great spot. And that's because he does... Like mixtapes too. Mm -hmm. I mean, he does cassette so, mixtapes. Yeah, yeah. Like when yeah. I yeah. Him, he didn't have Spotify, I was trying to give him playlists, and he's just like, "Bro, I don't have Spotify." Do you want to come over? I've got this TX two track that we can lace up. Like, now he's he's a purist, so he's got vinyl in the shop, and like, yeah. make, he has uh, cassette mixtapes for sale, and. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it, he's a bike whisperer too. So he he set up you know my bike for this trip and you know when I came yeah. out. So so what what bike like um, if you were to pick one bike to ride most of the rides in your uh, that you guys have on the site, what would you choose? Like what's is there an ideal bike? Um, yeah, I mean it's basically if if it were a commercial model, I would say like the closest thing is probably an all city gorilla monsoon. Mm -hmm. I have a I have a custom uh, Zen AR forty five which was briefly made by David Warnetz in Portland. He was a, a, a steel frame builder mm -hmm. uh, who did sort of contract building for like Ellsworth and LeMond. And he had a shop in, in Portland, but he kind of shifted gears and, and moved uh, moved on to something else. But mm -hmm. this AR-45 is amazing. It was like two or three years ahead of the curve. It had, basically has space for 2.4 in the front, 2.1 in the back. Yeah. Um, it's this all road sort of beast machine yeah. and uh it's it's kind of if you set it up like a road bike it's light and handles like a road bike but it i have it set up kind of like a little bit of a mountain bike right now and is it is it handling more on like the the twitchy cross side or is it kind of more laid back it's it's a little bit more laid back i have a, yeah. a, a, a ren cycles carbon fork on there which will take a 2.4 in the front which is so amazing <laughs> for a bike like <laughs> right. that and yeah, yeah i mean mo awesome. most of them to have most of the rides, the OMTM routes, if you have like 2.1, you're you're good. Right. That's what we. Yeah. I think that I've 
I was like a big 1.9, 27.5, 1.9. And then Russ has kind of gone more towards the two. Yeah, like, I got, I got, I that, got a, that extra <laughs> two tenths of an. I got a chance to to test ride the G road for, oh, nice. for our channel. And, like yeah. I was like, okay, six fifty B by by forty seven. That's that's as big as a tire I want. But after riding the the G road, it's like I feel like I didn't lose like a whole lot in terms of like quickness, but gained a ton in like traction and just. It depends like, the on the tires you're running yeah. too. I mean, I yeah. run uh, Thunderbirds, and so those are fast enough on road. Like for example, the route I rode today is like there's a lot of pavement on there, and but if you have a if you have a pretty quick moving tire, yeah, you know. Yeah. 2.1s feel great on pavement sometimes yeah. <laughs> too because you're just kind of bouncing along and yeah. I don't know I think once you get used to it's it's a it's a slippery slope once you right. get used to bigger I you know. go down the, I brought a road bike on this trip with me too and it has 28s and it's just like, <laughs> what is this bone shaking thing yes. you know yeah do you have future plans for OMTM or just is it like kind of just organic where you plan to take it uh it, it is very organic we don't we don't really plan it out too hard I mean you know both both Ryan and Brandon and I have a lot, a lot of other things going on. Yeah. We, we just like riding bikes, but I mean, I think for, for now we're just gonna keep doing the quarterly events and keep keep exploring. It's nice going from a monthly down to quarterly because we had mm -hmm. been missing riding for ourselves because yeah. we spend, spend every weekend being like, oh, we gotta go check out trail number 473 yeah, and right. see if that connects to the Barlow Road and then see Sounds how- Sounds like a job <laughs> after a while. It literally started to be almost become that way. Yeah. Yeah. And and now that the events are quarterly, uh, we get to do a lot more exploring. And he just did a three day trip around the uh, Umpqua Trail. And mm -hmm. um, holy smokes, he had some crazy, crazy experiences on that. And then I can come out and do trips like this and stuff yeah. and not having to worry about like oh my god we got this thing coming up in october and we have right, to suss right. out like three different variations of the routes like <laughs> right. the epic the mellow and the right so yeah yeah we, we've done um with pedal missoula trying to organize some rides and we do mm -hmm. my friend ali we organize like a we call it our mayhem ride and that's just like because we usually are under biking and um <laughs> all those things and but trying to find quality routes yeah. like you know like that's the thing is that like when people come out we want them to have like a good time and then for a while we were like let's do this every week and then we we're like well but from town if we do this like every week you're gonna be we're gonna be like repeating routes. things and like we want it to be fresh for us and fresh for people coming out so we started being like oh we should do this like once a month so that we can just even if we do repeat it will have been six to eight months ago you get enough time that yeah. it, it feels fresh or you can do you can suss out some variations so that it's not being like well let's go just hook up this road yeah as much as we want to explore we can also find like our comfort zones of like oh this route i know how long it takes i know what type of like workout i'm gonna get or i know how hard it's gonna be i know like i know exactly how many like burritos i need to bring <laughs> yeah you yeah, know but like so it can be hard like if you're like oh wait i'm gonna try this new thing it's like Great, do I, what do I need to bring? How many burritos? How many burritos? <laughs> Is this a three or four burrito? <laughs> like, yeah. There's there's something to be said for that familiarity though. Um, yeah. yeah, it's actually, uh, Kevin and I had started up this sort of semi-weekly, very sketchy, kind of like Cuddy Pirate Town ride, yeah. which goes through like the train yards and some of like the, the hobo track down by the right. river. And like there's yeah. a little bit of Forest Park, but yeah. <laughs> two days before coming out here, we were doing that and, you know, and stopping to the uh, Portway Tavern and uh, I took a hard spill after that and uh, yeah. cracked some ribs on the way down. So oh. it's a little bit of that, but there's something to be said, I think, for the, the regular 
granularity and knowing the route and knowing what to expect because yeah. then you can tell you know your your partner or whatever what time you're going to be home and <laughs> yeah yeah budget your time for getting up for the work the next day and yeah. especially if they're evening rides going into fall and winter and stuff so yeah so what's um let's say you're you're planning out a route like what what are the elements of a good ride what are what's like what's the difference between a ride that you do for yourself and you're like oh this is good enough to share um, I feel like it has to have certain aesthetic qualities. Like it's gotta, it's gotta look really cool. It's gotta go through some distinctively different variations. It can't be too much of the same thing. Right. We like to have a healthy dose of climbing. Uh, we call the golden ratio: ten <laughs> miles to thousand feet of climbing. Right. So, say you do thirty miles, it's gonna be three k. Right. Something like that. Um, I like to have single track in there too, you know, a little bit of trail, a little bit of gravel, maybe some paved sort of respites. Um, <laughs> don't like starting out in descents and then having to climb to a finish. So there, there's right. there's pacing. It's like a, it's like a good album, right? right. It's yeah. got to sort of like set set you up and then <laughs> take you on this journey and then kind of deliver deliver you right. to this place at the end and yeah. and. You know, there, there, I think there's a certain composerly aspect to yeah. that. Right. You know, so lo looking basically for these different ways to connect up intriguing areas that, that sort of like pique our curiosity, but also mm -hmm. kind of create this interesting experience where there's no too much of one thing. Right. You know, maybe a little hike a bike, maybe some harrowing descents, but right. <laughs> but it's not too much of that. Right. It's, it's right. not all hike a bike. It's not right. all dusty washboard gravel. It's not right. all you know, single right. track. So it's, it's just having this nice flow that's, that, that feels satisfying, I mm -hmm. think, in, in the abstract is, I guess, what we would consider sort of a successful route that we would like to share. Yeah, I yeah. felt that way too. Like a good ride is like a good story. There's a little bit of a, you know, just like a preamble mm -hmm. kind of sets up the frame. There's some kind of denouement, some kind of climax, like either it's like the top of a certain peak or you reach a certain landmark. It kind of anchors the whole experience, and then there's different know. acts to it. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. There's 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 some some structure and some narrative to it. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. There's, I think it's a, you know also a creative outlet for us yeah. too. <laughs> there, there is that yeah. aspect to it where you're creating this thing to present to people. So. Right, right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that's what, one of the things that I've thought about as I've been organizing rides more is like just like on a kind of pure like what do I want to do? Because mm -hmm. it is like your time. Like you you're not there's not uh, a big funder making sure OMTM rides go off smoothly it's just right, you yeah. all being like we love riding bikes and we want to share what we love with you mm -hmm. and so it has to be there has to be that component of like do I like do I want to do this ride again and like I think that's yeah that organize is. what you care about because then people will like be like cool you're really passionate that is, I think that is first and foremost, it has to scratch the itch for us, for us to share it with somebody else. I mean, we'll go out and do things that we think are going to be interesting, and if they don't pan out or if they're too crazy, we're like, that might not, that might not be good for like 150 people or right. whatever. So, yeah. It, it's, but you, but it's you gotta, have a good story out of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got to be good for you as well as for other people. Yeah. So there, there, there's a few different intersection criteria. Yeah. yeah. You know. And so my dream is to like eventually for you guys to inspire other OMTMs around the country. So like when we go oh, yeah. travel, like we can plug into some like great routes without, you know, just pouring over maps. For people that are interested in, in doing something similar, do you have like any kind of basic like first steps to get, get out the door? Uh, Ride with GPS is an amazing platform. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could not do any of what we do without Ride with GPS. I mean, there's different platforms for doing that, yeah. but nothing is nothing is as user friendly and mm -hmm. has the the functionality and 
you know, you can use it on your phone, you can mm -hmm. use it on your computer, yeah. you can create sort of all, all the cues sort of auto. Mm -hmm. Works auto well with the Wahoo and like all yeah, the, the it, GPS devices. It works on everything. Yeah. So yeah, they, that, that's a great place to start. Um, you know, just looking at roads, finding things that are interesting and places that you're curious about. So what are we thinking about the High West? Anything developed as we were tasting, not drinking? <laughs> I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's just got yeah. sort of a warm, caramely spice to it. Yeah. It, it almost feels uh, very seasonally appropriate. It feels kind of autumnal to yeah. me. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It has a very nice... Yeah. And especially like this kind of early fall where it's not too heavy yet. It's just kind of this, uh, yeah, it's like there's this weird <coughs> summer lingering into the Yeah, where spice. you don't want the full-on Christmas spice. You don't, need, <laughs> you don't need the all spice and clothes quite yet. Right. You, you've got a touch of the dry leaves. Yeah, the, that's true. Yeah. yeah, this is very autumnal. Yeah, so one last question. Like, uh, do you have a sense of where this whole gravel cycling is going? Do you, think um, it, do you think we've reached peak gravel or is it still like, there's still like lots of people to, to, to bring in? I, I don't think we've reached peak gravel necessarily yet. It's, I think it, like anything else, it's going to specialize, mm -hmm. you know, like mountain bikes have gone into so many different territories right. and it's like, you know, 15 years ago, a mountain bike was a mountain bike. You right. just, you just <laughs> had the one thing, you're just yeah. like, I'm riding a mountain bike right. and now it's like, I'm riding a gravel bike. Right. But every season you're like, I'm riding a gravel plus bike. Right. I'm riding 650B gravel right. adventure bike. And right. So yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to specialize and it'll, I mean, I think it's going to be good because it's going to allow people to sort of choose their discipline and gear yeah. into the riding that they like to do. And they won't have to like ride cross bikes on right. like 200 miles of gravel for bikepacking right. anymore. You know, right. they have yeah. something that's geared towards what they want to use it I, for. I definitely do see that that stratification because I feel like there's in, in some, on like one extreme, there's the, the gravel race, mm -hmm. you know, during the Kansas, Rebecca's Private Idaho, those kinds of things. Totally. And there's like more exploratory kind of gravel rides, which I feel but like- But not quite bikepacking because that's its yeah, own exactly. thing too. Yeah. It's right. like, yeah. like bikepacking is definitely its own <laughs> discipline and gravel being, separate from bikepacking. It's almost like gravel is an annoying term. Because oh, it's, yeah. like, it's, right. it's a necessary term because it kind of just, it's the only way Helps. to really kind yeah. of like right. articulate exactly what it is. It's like, well, maybe not sleeping outside, but like you still want to get that same experience. So, right. Yeah, I, I feel like it probably will just continue to specialize and you know, the people who are going to race are going to race and people who are going to sleep outside will continue to do so. Cool. Sweet. Well, on that note, uh, Ron, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you again. Me. Thank you again, uh, Film by Bike, for being a sponsor of yeah. this episode. And until next time, keep the supple side down. Cheers.